0: Let's pray for Lindsay and get ready to receive the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for Lindsay. I thank you for this woman. I thank you for my sister. I thank you for the word of God that burns on the inside of her. God, I ask for the spirit of revelation to come in the room tonight, that you would unveil the majesty of your son, Jesus Christ, through her words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Matt. All right, guys. Well, um. I'm setting my timer right now. There we go. Okay, I'm gonna attempt Jake's pointing to it up there too, which is awesome. Um, this is a, a lot of condensed information to do in 20 minutes, so um, we're gonna get out of the gate. We're gonna get out of the gate fast. I'm really excited for tonight. Um, we're in Song of Solomon chapter two, so if you want to just turn there in your Bibles, um, we're gonna we're gonna look at it. I'm excited to um, dive in. So in your notes, I wanted to kind of touch on just a a few um, thematic insights into the book of Song of Solomon as a whole um, quickly before we move forward, because I want to make sure that everyone's kind of on the same page with being able to use this book, not only as a prophetic book, but just as a tool, kind of a roadmap for your life. Um. So I want to make sure we're we're kind of on the same page with that. Number one, as far as broad strokes and thematic insight to the book of Song of Solomon, the um, Song of Solomon is one of the premier descriptions of Jesus and his emotions in Scripture. Right. So it's like we want to know Jesus more. We got to find the passages where he's being described, where he's being um, his his dimensions are, are coming coming apart so you can understand who he is, right? And Song of Solomon is one of the premier books that tells you about Jesus, right? So that's kind of important. And it's interesting, like, if you went to Sunday school like I did, I don't ever remember learning Jesus through the Song of Solomon as a child. But it's one of the most interesting and multidimensional books uh, books that describe who he is, and so we definitely should be teaching this story to our kids, right? It's like walking into your own wardrobe, like the line, the witch the in witch the wardrobe. It's like walking through a, w- a wardrobe and and finding out who Jesus is. Um, it's really cool. The other thing is, uh, number two, is this can be a roadmap for you in his dealings um, with his people, his relationship to his people. Um, through various circumstances. The song is really like your storyline, right? It's a song. There's a song going out in the earth, but it's, it's our story. And so if you can weave yourself into it and see where you're at in your life, a lot of times I'll be like, okay, I'm in Chapter 2 or I'm in Chapter 5. Like, it's rough right now. I'm getting beat up or whatever. Like, I'm in 5, okay? Um, so it definitely can be used as a roadmap. And then number three, some of us may not know this. um, Song of Solomon is a historical account of Solomon, the king, right? Um, uh, He's the king of Israel. So it's a historical account that also declares who Jesus is, right? But also Hosea is the first prophet in the Bible to prophetically declare Jesus as the bridegroom, right, so these are two really special things, like if you're the nation of Israel, and you've coming through history, right, you saw Jesus on the mountain, we got the Ten Commandments, all these different things, you're seeing God as all these different, in all these different ways, but you're not seeing him, or you may not be seeing him, if you're an Israelite, as a bridegroom. You probably have a, maybe a different perspective, right, especially if you're one that, was at Mount Sinai, a Jew that was there, you know, you might not be seeing Jesus as the bridegroom in that moment when there's lightning thunderings and things are happening, right? So um, this was the first time it was declared out by the prophet Hosea to the nation. And so this is a message that needs to go out again and again and again so that Israel understands that they have a bridegroom, so that the body of Christ understands that Jesus is a bridegroom. And so it's a very important message because it's a very important facet of who he is. Number four, it's also a premier description of the Lord's character and who he is. And I'm going to tell you this this message is so important as we move into the end of the age because his character is going to be on trial before us. Um, Circumstances aren't going to line up. Um, Some of the things in our life are going to be hard. There might be persecution. There might be delay. And when there's a lot of accusation towards our God and his goodness, we have to know his character. We have to know him, right? Um, So it's just really, really important. When there's an accusation in in the land about something, right, we need to know him. We need to know him intimately, right? If someone comes in and tells me that my husband has committed adultery and there's nothing in his character that would ever, you know, say that. I know him intimately, right? I can tell you right now that would not be true. We could have a lot of accusations. We could have a whole trial going on and I could tell you that it was, would not be true, right? And that's going to have to be the saints at the end of the age. There's going to be a lot of accusation. There's going to be a lot of skewed circumstances, Right? Um, so we're going to have to know um, that he is good and that he will not forsake us and that his delight is in us. Okay? So those themes are going to guide us throughout. Okay, so last week, quick recap. We're going to go quickly. Um, a few things we learned. Okay? So we, found, we met this Shulamite. And um, she um, is being noticed by the king. And he, she is awakened to his affections for her right? It's our first introduction. We see how the Lord sees us, right? That we're a lily among the thorns, right? That his affections for us are so strong. We're, we're like the maiden. We're dark, but lovely, right? We know our, what our sin is. Um, but the revelation that he loves us, it It changes our emotional makeup as we think about it, as we meditate on the fact that his delight is in us. It begins to change our thought process, our emotions, all of those things, okay? And then um, number three, we learned um, in the book that the pathway to intimacy is a really ancient pathway. That we've got to go the way of the fathers of our faith, right? Prayer, meditation, study, worship, the spiritual disciplines, right? He tells her, if you want to know me, then you've got to go by the shepherd's tents, right? You've got to go the way of the flock. You've got to find out who I am the way they did, right? So basically, there's no, like, microwavable, you know, f- intimacy. Like, that's really not possible. You're going to have to walk it out. You're going to have to go the way that they went, right? And so um, those are some of the things that we learned. Okay, so chapter 2. Here we are in chapter 2. Um, Rob kind of ended in chapter 2 with chapter two, 2 He says, like a lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Right? So she's beautiful. She's coming to a revelation that the king sees her as beautiful. And we do too. Right? The way he sees us is so important. His delight in us is so important. Isaiah 62.4, I call you Hepsibah. My delight is in you. You're highly favored. Right? This is how he sees us. Okay? So in chapter 2, we have uh, a theme in verses 3 through 7, right, of sitting at his feet. So let's look at it. Chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Sustain me with cakes of raisins, refresh me with apples from lovesick. Okay, so we have a lot of figurative language going on, but um, essentially it's the Mary of Bethany reality. Like the 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 shulamite, us, we're the bride, we're we're all one, right? The shulamite, us, the bride, we're all one, right? Okay, so sitting at his feet, right, tasting and seeing that he is good, right, realizing that our life's purpose is rooted in being in Jesus, that we're Jesus's inheritance, right, she's, she's enjoying his presence, getting to know him, and it's like awesome, it's like if you've ever had a crush or whenever you're in love at the beginning, right, you're getting to know the person, and everything they do is amazing, everything they do is awesome, Right. And this is her. She's getting to know her her king. Right. Are you trying to say that? Okay, it still is. Um, And so she's she's learning who he is through his presence, through his word. Um, And in this place, like we are coming to understand that our affections for him are his most valuable possession right he wants voluntary love right that's why he went to the cross that's why it's that's why he's in a battle for our heart our mind our emotions right that's why there's an enemy fighting so hard against it in this dark world right because he does not want us to love him voluntarily the enemy doesn't want that for us but we have to choose it right and he's doing everything he can to make us not choose the bridegroom. Like he's trying to distract us with everything, right? So we have to love him voluntarily, and this is what she's learning, okay? Um, And so there's a few other passages there. Luke 10 is about Mary of Bethany sitting at at the, the feet of Jesus. And then Psalm 34 talks about taste and see, you know, that the Lord is good. You know, those who look to him will never be put to shame. You know, just talking about the goodness of God. And um, that's what's going on there in in those verses. So she's getting to know him. Right? Um, So let's go to verse 7. Verse 7 says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, don't stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Okay? And, Believe it or not, in right now we're in this little section, um, we're moving into kind of a concept with the Lord, which is seasons. Seasons with the Lord, right? It's basically a declaration, like, hey, my girl, she's sitting before me right now, like in a place of intimacy. Don't mess that up, right? Until I bring her out. Let her sit there, let her get to know me, right? Don't mess it up. Let it be undisturbed, right? It's kind of like a declaration out there. And so it's a season of of face-to-face intimacy with the Lord where she is really in a season of growth and learning, right? And the Lord protects her in that season and says, "Don't, don't mess that up, right? And so we have the concept of different seasons coming into her mind. She doesn't know, you know? Same thing if you're a new believer, you don't know that there's, like, seasons with the Lord, that it doesn't all feel that way, right? My people that are married, my my couples in here, right? Your marriage doesn't always feel the same. Like, there's seasons, right, to marriage and to life with, with someone, right? You go in seasons. And so that's kind of the introduction. Don't stir it up. Don't awaken it until it's time, okay? And so... The Lord, he, he just doesn't relate to us the same in every single season. And that's okay. Um, he's, he determines our times, right? And so we as people, sometimes we get insecure, we get offended, we get confused when things begin to look different. But a lot of times it's the design of the Lord and the whispering of the Lord that's trying to pull us into a new season, right? And so it's really important that we are able to use this This book as a roadmap to say, hey, look, Lord, part of your character, part of your nature is that the seasons change, right? He made four of them, and they're going to be there until the end of time, right? And so, like, this is his character. That's part of it, right? So we kind of have to rest in that. We have to be okay with that. Um, And here's where it happens. Song of Solomon 2, 8 through 17. It says, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping on the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind the wall. He's looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past; the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs and the vines with the tender grapes. Give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Right? So a new season has just happened. Right? She was in that place gazing on the Lord, getting to know him. And then all of a sudden, he is the one that changes the season. He's the one calling her to the mountains right and all of a sudden she's learning a new facet of her beloved right it's like whoa what's happening right this is definite turning point right and you'll notice this in your own life there 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 is a definite turning point when things start to kind of shift and you feel in your spirit and things even in your circumstance begin to call you out right they begin to call you out and up okay so in the previous chapter Jesus revealed himself as a sovereign king, right? He's king of the land of Israel. She knows that. As a counseling shepherd, right? So go by the shepherd's tents. Here's how you learn, right? And as an affectionate father, let me tell you who you are, right? But now she's seeing another facet of his character, right? The one who's leaping on the mountains, the one who is conquering obstacles, right? Right? I think of that, um, those shows that are like the gladiator shows where they're like running through the big obstacle course and it's in an amount of time that they have to do it. Right. And, and like God in this instance, she is like, Whoa, like this guy is amazing. Right. She's, she's seeing Solomon as like a hero, like this, like this guy, he like can do everything so good. Right. Um, like Gaston, right? He can do everything. He can fish, he can hunt, he can do everything, right? He's, she's seeing him like this, okay? And so she's like, wow, like if it was me, it would even make the person even more attractive. Like they're crushing every obstacle, right? They are killing life at that moment. And um, he's calling her up, right? And um, it's out of her comfort zone, right? Because he's saying, you can come too. And she's like, I don't think so. I'm not really ready. Like, I only knew you this way, me under the tree, under the apple tree. And now um, you're asking me to do more than I bargained for, right? And so originally, chapter 1, her issue was sin, like I'm dark but lovely, right? The sin was there. And the Lord conquered that one because, look, I know you're dark, but I delight in you. Right? It's okay. But now we have another issue in the heart that's arising. Okay? And that's fear. She has a major problem with fear in this instance. And she's looking at her beloved and she wants to come. Right? And even we know we're in this house, the book of Zechariah, when Jesus calls us to the mountain of risk and challenges, challenges us to speak to those mountains, he said to Zerubbabel, you know, speak to the mountain. Before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plane with grace, grace to it, right? He's called us to that, right? But she doesn't know this at that time. She doesn't know how to use the word. She doesn't know, you know, what to do. She just knows that she's afraid, and that's out of her comfort zone. But the Holy Spirit is so gracious. He's a gentleman, and he's fully aware of his own command in the last season not to awaken love. Like, he knows. He's the one that put her in that place of intimacy, He understands it's hard to come out of there. He understands that she wants wholehearted love, but she doesn't have the capacity to give it. So he's like, you know, gently saying, come on. He's peering behind the wall. He's looking through the lattice. He's gently encouraging her to arise and come away because the seasons are changing. Right? Um, I want to show you this one part. Okay? If you look at verses 12 and 13, it says the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs and the vines with the tender grapes. He's saying, I need you to come on because the harvest is coming. Right, folks, the harvest is coming. Right, he's saying, I need you to come on because there's a harvest coming. And he's wooing her with that. She still doesn't take that bait in this moment. But he's trying to say this is why he's trying to say it'd be better to learn and trust me now and learn to obey now so that you're prepared when the harvest comes. Right. That's what he's trying to tell her. Right. And so she's, I think, intrigued at the moment. And I think we are, too. We're very intrigued by the thought of a giant harvest happening. Right. But he's calling us up, and, the, and, and in order to meet that place of harvest, we have to come up. We have to come out of the comfort zone. So um, ultimately, sadly, right? It's not sad because we have the rest of the book. We know the end of the story. She does it. She comes up leaning in the end, right? But right now, she doesn't move forward. She can't. She just can't. She's, she's too immature. She wants wholehearted love but doesn't have the capacity for it. Okay, so look, there's my buzzer. So we got five more minutes, okay. So she tells the king to go on without her, um, but in this place it also reveals how to kind of conquer the fear, right? Because she's still left with this fear, and we are left with the fear, right? It's like, okay, I know you want me to do this, but I'm really scared. Right? So what do I do with that? What do I even do with my fear to move up, go up higher? And it's found right here in the same scripture. Um, what he does is he takes her to the cross. This is what we do with our fear. As we go, we go into the cross. It says in verse 14, it says, Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret place of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Right? That secret place of the, cl- the cleft of the rock, that's kind of s- symbolic of his broken body, right? In that hidden place. We're hidden with Christ in God, right? So she, he invites her to the cross, to find her self, find her what she may view as failure or weakness or immaturity, to find it at the cross, right? And it's kind of a mystery, the death, burial, resurrection in that place. But it gives us imagery even to when Moses wanted to see the face of the Lord and the Lord hit him in the rock and said, stay there while my face passes, while my glory passes by. Right. And so when we find our place, ourself in that place of like, I want to go forward, I want to come up, I want to get out of my comfort zone, but I don't have it in me. It's not in me yet. Right. He invites us to gaze at his face. Right. That's where our confidence then comes. That's how we grow into what he's calling us to do. Right. So it says um, we his. He's not a disappointed savior, right? He's not disappointed in our incapacity. He knows already. He knows what we're going to do, right? And so um, he meets us there so that he can lift our head. He can fill it with himself. Give us the strength and the confidence and the power to partner with him, right? Because he's going to have his way. He's going to have a partnering bride, especially at the end of the age. Right? He's going to have a partnership with us. And um, he knows that one day we'll, we'll, we're going to be there. Right, He's going to bring us up to where he is. And it's going to be full on like we're running together with the Lord. Right, And so um, the last part of it says, verse 17, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag upon the mountains of Bethair, right? Until. How long are we going to gaze on his face, right? How long are we going to do that until we're ready, right? Until the day breaks, right? Ultimately, what would be the ultimate fulfillment? The Lord's return. How long do we do this stuff? How long do we sit in the prayer room? How long do we gaze at him? How long do we sign up again? wholeheartedness how long do we keep doing that and it says until you're gonna see this throughout the book we do this until he returns right until the day breaks and the shadow flees away right death is a shadow our this life is just a shadow right we're eternal right so yeah until that's how long right and we're gonna see that as she gazes on him in that place of the cross, with her weakness, with her inability to move forward, he begins to fill her up. And you're going to see over the course of the time that she is able to run on the mountains later on. She's able to tend the harvest later on. She's able to do all these things. And so um, that's that's where it's at right there. Um, in a nutshell, chapter two. Um, I think that for us um, right now, if I was going to say, Lord, okay, how do I eat the scroll in chapter 2? How do I digest this? It's that place of um, going before Him in the cleft of the rock. And it doesn't matter where you are in your storyline there's a place that the Lord is calling you to, right? Tracy was talking about unbridled love and affection, unbridled, unmanageable, unmanaged love, right? Where you are just fully running like a stallion, like after the Lord and after the things that he's called you to do without fear, right? I'm pretty sure everyone in here, um, if that's a desire in your heart, um, the Lord will grant it, right? And tonight we, ta- we kind of talked about the key, and that's just staring at his face, right? Letting his glory pass by you and letting him bring you up into that place where you can let go and fully run unmanaged. So um, I'm just going to pray that for you. Yeah, Why don't we stand? Well, Lord, I just, I thank you. I bless you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your mercy in giving us direction for our life. That we could find ourselves here. That we could find ourselves in this story. Lord, I just pray right now that every other storyline would just become dim that every other storyline would become irrelevant. God, that your eternal song, your eternal storyline would fuel and move our life forward. God, here we are in this place where you're calling us up to the mountains. Call us up to new things all the time. Lord, we feel uh, lacking. But you're not disappointed about it. Lord, I thank you for your patient endurance with us. Your love that draws us out and draws us forward. And enables us. God, I ask for a, a release of Your love tonight that draws us into maturity, that takes us to the next place, that brings us into confidence. Lord, we ask for more. In Jesus' name, amen. everyone for joining tonight welcome to hang out chat for a little bit um otherwise you're free to go enjoy your evening come back next week for song of songs three again be reading through it and take these notes home and just meditate on verses that really stood out to you bless you guys